SAFM Sports Wrap. Half past six on the button. I am Brad Brown. Thank you for joining us tonight here on SAFM Sports Wrap on South Africa's news and information leader coming to you live from Cape Town this evening. Thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They'll be back on your radio tomorrow. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll take a look at Stuart Baxter's Bafana Bafana squads uh, for the upcoming uh, Four Nation tournament that's taking place later this month. We'll also have a serious look at Kahisa Rabada's suspension. Uh, and uh, I've brought my soapbox along tonight. I must say I'm not impressed with the ICC, but more on that a bit later. Well, Stuart Baxter did announce that team to play today. Uh, they're going to be playing in that tournament in Zambia between the 22nd and 25th of this month. They lock horns with Angola in the first match. And uh, another team uh, who will be taking part is Zimbabwe. Baxter says they'll use the tournament to refresh the team and focus more on development. The full squad is as follows. Goalkeepers Kune, Keat, Peterson, defenders Frosler, Mpaslele, Cardoso, Schlatswayo, Mkwanazi, Slanti, Madisha, Mayela. Midfielders, Furman, Mokwena, Modiba, Zwane, Vilakazi, Ndlovo, Mokocho, Nzungu, Lorch, Dolly, and Mslambi. And then up front, the strikers, Tao, Motiba, and Moon. There's some Nedbank Cup action to look forward to tonight as well. Mamelodi Sundowns hosting ECBs. While in Europe, Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola is thrilled after his side's 2-0 Premier League win away at Stoke, restoring their 16-point lead atop the English Premiership that leaves them just two wins away from clinching the title. I won't say it's uh, handy not to have... Apologies, this is the correct sound. Quite so solid. We didn't concede one shooting target. We created enough chances. We had to plan a little bit the first half to defend the long balls, but uh, so happy. So it's the first time after 18 years Manchester City is able to win a Stoke City away at home. And uh, that means how difficult it is to come here and to win. We did well and now we are, OK, three games, so two games or three to, to be champion. Tonight in the UEFA Champions League, Manchester United have it all to play for when they host Sevilla. Scores deadlocked at nil all on aggregate. Also this evening, Shakhtar Donetsk take a 2-1 aggregate lead to Roma. On to cricket, former England batsman Kevin Peterson's questioned the current state of Test cricket after Kakisa Rabada's ICC ban. Rabada was suspended for the rest of the series against Australia yesterday after he was found guilty of inappropriate and deliberate physical contact with a player. The particular incident took place on day one of the second test in Port Elizabeth, where Rabada brushed shoulders with Australian skipper Steve Smith. Speaking of Smith, he says he believes the game will not be the same without Rabada in the next two tests as he relishes testing himself against the best in the world. I won't say it's uh, handy not to have him. I, I think he's a, he's a world-class bowler and you always want to come up against the best, that's for sure. Um, and he's right up there. He's, he's unbelievable the way he's, he's been bowling. You know, I think he's the, the fastest bloke to, to take four 10-foot wicket hauls for, for South Africa in 28 test matches, and that's something pretty special. So, look, you want to come up against the best, and right now it's obviously in the hands of the, the ICC um, after his hearing last night. The latest ICC rankings were released today. Smith maintains his number one test batsman ranking. AB de Villiers and Hashim Mumbler have climbed to 7th and ninth respectively. And following that man-of-the-match performance in that second test, Kakisa Rabada has moved above James Anderson to regain the world's number one bowling ranking. Vernon Philander has dropped to 8th. And finally, Rowan Dennis claimed victory in stage 7 of the Tierra Adriatico with uh, Mikhail Kiewatkowski remaining top of the general classification. Coming up next, we'll chat some football. SAFM Sports Wrap.
Let's start with some uh, football here on SAFM Sports Chat. Bafana Bafana, coach Stuart Baxter has followed up his promise of selecting a youthful squad and building a new team going forward. Announcing his 25-man squad that will take part in the Four Nations tournament in Zambia next week, Baxter selects a total of seven players from the recent national under-20 and 23 teams and made 14 changes to the team that lost to Senegal last year. He's mixed them with the core of his senior national team players to take on the hosts Angola and Zimbabwe in that tournament. With two games to be played at the Levi Manawasa Stadium in Ndola, Baxter says all the players should get game time. The squad, for me, is one of possibilities. It's one of empowerment. It's giving some of the younger players a chance. I think we've got enough experience not to throw them in at the deep end because I think sometimes we do that, not, not any coach in particular, but we being coaches. We tend to go with the experienced ones till we think the legs have gone and then we throw the young kids in when they don't have any experience and they fail and we say, well, they're not good enough either. So we're hoping that we've got enough experience there to mix two teams and still be competitive. And I think there are other younger players and I want it to be a message to the younger players that you will, you will get an opportunity. Bafana Bafana failed to qualify for the FIFA World Cup set to take place in Russia in June. They lost four out of five qualifiers under Baxter between August and November last year. They last played an official match during a 2-1 loss in uh, two Group D winners Senegal in Dakar in November last year. Baxter also made another interesting announcement that Orlando Pirates assistant coach Rani Mourinho Mokwena will be joining the national team for this camp. The former Supersport United and Kaiser Chiefs head coach is yet to finalise his technical team and SABC Sport understands that Quinton Fortune won't be joining this camp. When I was working for the English FA, we had, we had a programme that ran one year and I thought it was fantastic and then it stopped. And they invited, they invited coaches, uh, young coaches, aspiring coaches, to travel with the under-21s. And the only person they invited to travel with the seniors was a, a certain Paul Gascoigne. We played Spain in Sunderland and Gaza took the team bus and drove it into a ditch and then took a taxi home. So... The, the whole thing was called off after that. But I thought it was a fantastic, a fantastic initiative because the younger coaches that came and were, were inspired, some of them went on to work with England. And with Rolani, he, he's obviously one of the outstanding young coaches in the country. And I would like to think that, yes, he does have ambitions. And I would like to think that, yes, he can learn from the experience. So... It's about development on all fronts, and I think it's something that we shouldn't, we shouldn't just look at as being, well, it's a nice to have. I think it's a must have, because I, th- I don't think there's many ways that young aspiring coaches can take that next step or find that little spark that will drive them on. So that's the, and what I expect from, from Rulani on the camp is that a full take part in the camp. You know, listen, yes, learn, yes, but also take part in the camp have an opinion, you know, and uh, take part. And I think that's, that's what I expect from all, all the staff. I mean, there's the staff here, and I, I expect that from everybody. They, they give their opinion, and we, and we find out the best way of doing it. Baxter also told the media last week that he submitted his report to the SAFA hierarchy and at this stage it's not yet clear why his full technical team has not been finalised. Previously, Mokwena had been linked to the vacant National Under-23 job and Baxter was asked today if he would be an ideal candidate to join him and Tabo Sonong on the bench permanently. Yes, we want this to be a, a thing that we do more often. You can't, you can't do it every, every camp you have a different coach pitching up, so 
maybe some of the coaches will it will be a recurring thing yes you do want to find out exactly how good is the coach if I'm being brutally honest and this is this is not me trying to harm anybody if I'm being brutally honest when I was in England the English media wanted an English national coach Senjuren Eriksson was the coach he was Swedish and they loved him to bits but they would have preferred to have an Englishman and I'm sure without being without being nasty or without being racist that South Africa should be coached by a South African in a perfect world you know and an Italian national team should be coached by an Italian in a perfect world and in lieu of that in lieu of not being a suitable candidate at that moment you can look elsewhere and I'm very proud to be the South African national coach and I'm very honoured to be the South African national coach and I hope that I give everybody the correct impression of what I'm saying now but I think that it's a part of my job and our duty to empower those young South African coaches the same as the young South African players and one day maybe Rolani or maybe Atabo Sanon will be the senior national coach and I think we won't be we won't be asking him to put together the game plan so that we can follow it but we will ask him for his input and we will we will hope that that in the future if he shows the talent that he that, that he has that it's not impossible for him to be the, the senior national coach in selecting this youthful squad, Baxter has got Keegan Dolly, Aubrey Modiba, Lebo Matiba and Mocheko Madisha who came from the Rio Olympics team. And from the team that was selected for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup last year, he's got Reeve Frosler, Pakamani Mtlambi and Toboho Mokwena. His Zambian counterpart started this rebuilding process last year already as they wrapped up the 2018 World Cup qualifiers. Zambia have done a very good job, by the way. I saw their World Cup... Their World Cup uh, with the, with the young ones and they were very very good I thought they were very very good we also had players we also had players in this squad that were there we also have a player Innocent Mayela who played in the last Kosafa so we're trying to find a red thread that if South African youngsters see a path forward that like the Zambians that have got this programme and, they and, they're, and they're flourishing under it I think it's important that our young South African boys don't think we're just shooting from the hip and don't see us just throwing people in left, right and centre to save the coach's neck. It's going to be, yes, it may be taking a bit of a chance, but there will be a policy behind it. And we do still believe that we can be competitive. And I think that's the, that's the whole, that's the whole, what you've described is the whole, in inverted commas, dilemma of a coach. Should I or shouldn't I? And how many should we? And I think the ones that we've given the a chance here, I think they've earned it, and I think they've gone that route. Ryan Moon, for example, played in both Chan and Kosafa, came back to Chiefs and then did well, was not in the team before he left. So it gave him the opportunity, and I want, the, and I want also the clubs to see that. I want the clubs to see that. So if they release a player to Kosafa next time round, it's maybe the same as Innocent. Innocent was on his way out. He was at Tanda, going nowhere, suddenly came with us, then went to Pirates, then he's kicked on. I think there's, there's some interesting stories there in this squad and I think, I hope that the clubs will see the value of it. In going for refreshed talent in the team, Baxter's also rewarded current form by calling up players like Maritzburg United's live wire Sipesile Mbasuma Ndlovu, Orlando Pirates duo of left-back Innocent Maella and attacker Tembin Kosi Lorch and the Kaiser Chief duo of centre-back Daniel Cardoso and Ryan Moon. Therein lies the dilemma of every coach. You know, you say, please the public. And I think when coaches are scared, and don't worry, 
coaches get anxious. Yeah, they, they, they wonder, am I pleasing the public? You know all this? Some coaches, some coaches, they react to that. I can't say I react too much to it, but everybody gets anxious. In that anxiety, maybe you play safe. Maybe the kids don't get a chance because you want to please the public. At the other end of the scale, you've got the let's throw them in and they can sink or swim. And you play a little bit of theatre. I'm giving the kids a chance, as if you're going to get off scot-free. So if we lose, don't anybody blame me, you know? Now, I think that therein, therein lies the problem and the issue. What we're trying to do is take some of the younger players, give them a fighting chance by mixing them with some of the more established players, and try to find a red, a red line... The main goal behind playing in this four-team tournament, pitting the Kasafa's superpowers against each other, is to prepare for the 2019 African Nations Cup qualifiers. That will resume later this year. Bafana play Angola on the 22nd at 3 o'clock and will meet the winner of the Zambia-Zimbabwe game on the 25th at 3 o'clock. Baxter says they both want to build a new team and win this tournament. The trade-off that we're making is that we are prepared to give the youngsters their head we're not prepared to, to say, well, therefore, we're not going to win. Therefore, we don't care if we lose, because that would be a crime. If you pull it on a national shirt, then you want to win. I want to give the youngsters opportunities to blossom. I don't want to give them opportunities to fail. And I think we're going to go with the mentality of use this tournament in whichever way we can to gain experience and knowledge and maybe one of these one of these young players will play in AFCON and he will be the difference between us qualifying for AFCON or not. I've said to I've said to to the FA that we need to we need to fill, fulfill more than one goal this year. We need to go through the squad, we need to be brave enough to renew it and give some of the youngsters their head. We need to have a good qualifying campaign in AFCON that takes this group of players to a major tournament to give them the experience there that will allow them to, to run a good campaign for the next World Cup. I do want to win the tournament, yes, but I don't want to do that at the cost of giving these kids the vital experience that is needed. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And you would have heard the news yesterday afternoon on PM Live. Uh, South Africa's uh, Premier Fast Bowler, Kahisa Rabada, has been suspended by the ICC uh, after a second infringement, uh, infringement rather, in uh, that second test against Australia at St. George's Park in Port Elizabeth. We join now by Hussein Manak. Hussein, welcome on to SAFM this evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my views in a second. Your views on the suspension? Good, good evening, Brad. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, look, I mean, I think uh, everybody, including the South African public and even a lot of Australians I've chatted to, uh, are disappointed that Kakhis uh, Rabada will most probably be removed from the series. Now, unless, of course, South Africa appeal it and, and somehow, um, once it goes into appeal, there may be a, a possibility that he could still play in, in the third test. But we'll wait and see what, what happens there. But I think there's disappointment all around, you know, from the public. Um, all cricket lovers around the world wanted to see um, what, you know, and you look statistically, Kahis Rabada looks like he probably 
going to be one of the best strikers, strike bowlers in the history of, of, of test cricket. And here, the ICC have, I won't say found a way, but, you know, they've allowed an issue at this, you know, very controversial demerit point system where points accumulate from previous infringements. Um, and now you find yourself in a situation where, as I say, one of the best uh, strike bowlers in the history of test cricket will will probably not be playing in the next two test matches against a top-quality team. So I think everybody, including the public, have been robbed of, of seeing um, uh, the, the competition going forward in, in the next two test matches. So that is, that- is disappointing, I think, all around. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I'm not condoning Kahisa Rabada's behavior, particularly in this test uh, against the Australians. Uh, he, he should, mm. and, and if you, if you take the contact that he made with Steve, uh, with, with Steve Smith, if you look at that content, uh, contact, it's, it's a slight tap on the shoulder. Yes, he shouldn't have done that. The way he sent off David Warner, yes, he shouldn't have done that. But there's a, a major sense that there are serious double standards that the ICC are imposing on certain teams as opposed to others. And, and I think this series and what's happened in this test match uh, has, has really put a spotlight on that. If you look what happened in the first test match with, with the incident with David Warner and Quinton de Kock in their stairwell, uh, with the incident with uh, Nathan Lyon and A.B. de Villiers, with Nathan Lyon dropping the ball on him, uh, David Warner got a, a, a level two offence essentially should have been a level three, which should have been a straight-up suspension for threatening violence against another player. Nathan Lyon dropping the ball on A.B. de Villiers got a level one offence. Should have been, if you look at the law book, a level two offence for essentially throwing the ball at a player. Whereas someone like KG Robada, in, in this case, is like you say, he's, the, he's today he's been confirmed again as the best test bowler in the world, and he's not going to play against the best test batsman, Steve Smith, the Australian captain. It's arguably the two best test cricket teams in the world up against each other, and someone who's going to have a major impact on that series is not going to play. Surely the ICC have lost the plot, you say? Yeah, I think, you know, Faf Duplessis was, um, was pretty clear about it in the press conference yesterday when he said, you know, all they're asking for is consistency. And, and that's exactly what you, you just alluded to, is that there appears to be a lack of consistency coming from the ICC about the application of um, the demerit system and how it, how, it, how it works. So, for example, as you say, you have on the one hand uh, David Warner physically wanting to beat another player up in the stairwell. Uh, and he, he gets a level two suspension. Um, and then you have a player uh, expressing his emotion after having got a wicket, which you can perfectly understand in the context of how hard a worker, uh, a bowler has to work in order to get a test wicket, especially when he gets a big wicket, whether it's a Warner or a Smith. And remember, Steve Smith is the number one ranked test player batsman in the world at the moment. So you get a big wicket, you express your, um, your passion, your emotion, and all that comes out after working uh, towards something. And yes, he may have overstepped the mark. And as you said earlier, nobody's saying that he hasn't overstepped the mark. Uh, but if you are going to um, suspend him or ban him, do it and move on. But what is happening at the moment, the way the demerit point system works, is apart from the inconsistent application of it, uh, what appears to be inconsistent application, apart from that, is that the points accumulate. So if you recall, Rabada was suspended after he gave um, Ben Stokes the send-off at Lords last year in the England series, and then he was suspended for one match. So he had four demerit points. Now th- the situation is those four demerit points 
stay on for two years, and they only get cancelled after two years. Now, so so now anything gets any other points get added onto those four, and that's the problem you're sitting with at the moment. So that I don't think has been carefully thought through by the ICC because um, once a player has been suspended, then surely he's served his term for the infringement, that, need, that needs to be put aside. It's gone. Now you start fresh with a clean slate and you move on. So what's happened here is instead of Rabada um, accumulating four points and serving a one-test match suspension, which means that he would have been available for the last test match of the Wonders, he's now serving one for these four and he's serving an, another match suspension for, for the previous four points, which he's already served before. Which makes, you know, which, I mean, people are saying now, how does this actually work? So I'm not sure if it's been thought through carefully by the ICC, but it's something certainly that they're going to have to relook at. So in the ICC have uh, got a battle here. Uh, Test cricket is taking a beating, let, let's be honest. With the shorter format of the game, particularly T20s, people are coming out to watch that format of the game. And in order to keep Test cricket alive, they've got to do something. And, and there's lots of issues in Test cricket. I mean, we can talk about the overrates and how slow the overrates are, and the ICC just does not seem to sort that out. But in a case like this, we want to see characters in the game. We want to see intense battles. I think of the likes of, of the, the Michael Atherton, Alan Donald battles uh, over the years. The way they're going, in my mind, you might as well just put a robot out there with a bowling machine. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and you, you, everybody I talk to is saying to me, listen, can you imagine getting to uh, a packed Newlands on the 22nd of March and um, you have Rabada running into both with David Warner, you know? And can you imagine the competition, the fire, and everything that goes along with that uh, in, in, a, in a series that's now level one each? And now you've taken one of those competitors out of the equation, uh, uh, you know, for an infringement that really uh, was neither here nor there. And yes, perhaps maybe you could, if you really want to be technical, you could say, okay, they've applied the law and Mesh referee was doing his job. And perhaps he was, and you can't always blame him because he was, but there is definitely a question mark over the consistency of how they're applying these things. So you're right, Test cricket is, in in some people's words, dying, inverted commas. Uh, they're trying to find a way to keep Test cricket alive. They're trying to find a way uh, to introduce things like day-night ping ball test matches. And if you really think about it, uh, the reason they've introduced uh, day-night ping ball test matches is how do we get the crowds back to come and watch Test cricket? We were at at Kingsmead for the first test match where there was basically, you know, two men and a dog watching the test match, <laughs> you know, and, and we're trying to get people to come back and everybody's trying their level best, including the ICC. And here it appears that they now shooting themselves in the foot by taking um, such a world-class bowler out of uh, the next two test matches. So you're absolutely spot on. It really doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, and they, they're going to have to relook at um, how, how they're applying um, the demerit system, but also the demerit system itself um, is probably going to have to be looked at. Yeah, it is mind-boggling, and uh, I'm truly disappointed. I'm a massive fan of Test Cricket. Uh, I, yes, I'm a Proteus fan, but uh, I think they've, in doing this, ruined the series. Uh, Usain Malak, thanks uh, for your time this evening here on SAFM. Much appreciated. We look forward to, to catching up again soon. 
My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Sometimes issues are raised and contested through strikes, riots, protests and labor unrest, which could leave your car, property or business building exposed to damage. That's why you need special risk cover with Sasria. Sasria is the only insurance company that offers special risk insurance to protect the assets of all South Africans against extraordinary risks. Be a step ahead of the unexpected. Ask your broker about Sasria today or visit sasria.co.za for more info. Sasria is an authorized FSP. Sasria, covering the extraordinary. Individually rare, but collectively common, over 350 million people around the world are living with a rare disease. If they were all placed together, it would be the third most populated country in the world. 30% of children impacted by these conditions will not reach their fifth birthday. Visit rarediseases.co.za to learn more about rare diseases and how they impact South Africa. An SABC Foundation-supported initiative. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, staying on the cricket story, former Proteas Mark Boucher and Asheville Prince have head out at Australia for their behaviour in the ongoing test series against South Africa. The format contest has been overshadowed by the constant sledging by both sides and the off-field incident involving David Warner and Quinton de Kock in Durban, which saw the former take offence to alleged comments by the latter about his wife. Both players were charged by the ICC for the incident, but Boucher, who is the coach of the Titans, can't understand what the fuss is all about. I can tell you something right now that there were a lot worse things said on the field um, when we were playing. Um, Directed at uh, every single family member that uh, that we had. So, yeah, I think it's just um, maybe, you know, a lot of people talk about they don't cross the line. Uh, The line moves for different countries, different cultures, different religions, different people. Um, And when people feel that that line's been crossed by them, then they're prepared to cross the line as well. you know, who, who made the Aussies the guardians of the line? Um, so I think, uh, you know, the, the, especially the players that, that had got into trouble, um, they, they've always been there and thereabouts, you know, in, in very abusive towards um, opposition. Uh, so it's a little bit of a laugh when they when they cry wolf. Um, you know, maybe they, they just need to, they, they're the ones who need to grow up and get on with the game. Uh, and if they can't handle the chirping, then they must stop chirping. Um, I think it, chirp, chirping and, and sledging is part of the game of cricket. Um, but if you're going to do it, you must be prepared, be prepared to take it like a man as well. On the field, Kahis Rabat has borne the brunt of his over-exuberance by copying a two-match ban that'll see him miss the rest of the series. Rabat was fined for rubbing shoulders with Australian captain Steve Smith while celebrating his dismissal in the second test in PE, which South Africa won yesterday. The six-wicket victory helped the Proteas level the series. Rabada has been on thin ice heading into the game after accumulating several demerit points over the last few months. But Cape Cobra's boss, Ashwell Prince, was not impressed with Smith's behaviour that proved the final nail in the fast bowler's coffin. I think it's a little bit over the top. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, 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 it's you know, I mean, Steve Smith's reaction uh, from Paige walking past him, like, sort of indicates to the umpire that he sold the charging. I think he needs to leave the umpiring for the umpires. You know what I'm saying? If they got a problem on whatever's going on, let them um, let them deal with whatever's going on. There's no need for him. I don't see any, I don't see any difference between uh, a batsman trying to indicate to the umpire that he's hit the ball when there's a bat pad or whatever the case may be, or there's a, a, a LBW appeal, uh, compared to trying to show the umpire that he's, he's doing whatever. Let the umpires take charge of the game 
and you concentrate on your batting. Despite Rabada's unavailability for the remainder of the series, ex-batsman Prince believes South Africa do hold the advantage for the rest of the series. This after their win inside four days in the Eastern Cape. They had uh, lost the opening test in Durban before storming back to level the series one all. Cape Cobra's coach feels the hosts now hold the aces. Well, I think it's um advantage to South Africa at the moment. Uh, test cricket and, and, and well, any sport, international or first class or whatever, is all about momentum. So I think South Africa got the momentum at the moment, and I think you know it's gonna, it's obviously really disappointing that uh, um, the outcome of KG with the with the suspension. Uh, but I think that that will also motivate the South African camp to to push on, um, and they will be really disappointed about that. But they, I'm, I'm sure they will want to push on, especially for him, uh, in terms of. Um, uh, gaining advantage in the series. Boucher believes that losing Robada will be a blow. However, the legendary former South African wicketkeeper feels the home side have been a bit unlucky in terms of their discipline. It's been, unfortunately, a series that's been uh, brought into the spotlight for a lot of the wrong reasons. Um, so, you know, yeah, I feel sorry for uh, KG. Um, you know, it, it hasn't been great that he's going to miss out the rest of the series. And, you know, that's unfortunate for South Africa. It's going to be a big loss. Um, yeah, there's not much else I can say about it. So the RCC, the RCC obviously made their decisions, and a lot of people are asking the right questions uh, and questioning, uh, you know, some of the behaviour from the opposition teams, not only Australians but also, you know, of late we've seen a couple of players get away with a lot of stuff that our players haven't got away with, um, and it's just something to to keep an eye on. Hopefully, it doesn't happen too often, um, you know. Usually, when when you're losing games, those sort of things go against you. But uh, South Africa won the last Test match and still went against them. So it's unfortunate, um, and hopefully, we can find a, a a good replacement for for KG, especially with the form that he's in. It's going to be difficult. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the issue. You can tweet me at Big Brad Brown. You can also tweet us at SAFM Radio. That's it for the show for this evening. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop. Before I go, big thanks to Rob Munro uh, for a heads up this morning. Cape Town's Michael February just uh, took the uh, Quicksilver Pro Gold Coast round two. He's through to the third round of the WSL Tour in uh, Oz. Uh, he was an injury replacement for Kelly Slater, came in last minute uh, and ended up going through. Fantastic performance. He's the first uh, South African surfer of colour to hit the World Tour. So, uh, fantastic. Double thumbs up uh, and let's hope he can advance even further. Rob, thanks for that heads up. Thanks to my team in Joburg as well, Phineas and Luyolo, for keeping things uh, together in uh, the big smoke. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me here on SAFM Sports Wrap. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.